Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. On an all-new Inside Boxing Live, we got Dan Refuel here to break down what we saw last week on Triller. Do we have a site and date for Joshua versus Fury? And finally, that's Showtime schedule. Let's break it all down. It's Inside Boxing Live, coming up next. All right, everybody, time to bring in our guest this week, you know, from the Fight Freaks Unite uh, newsletter. If you're not signed up, I don't know what you're waiting for. Mr. Dan Riffio, and he's rocking the fleece. This is like legendary. This is like like Ali in the white robe, Tyson in his black trunks. You know, this is this is big. How are you doing, Dan? I'm doing great. I know you are obsessed with my my uh, <laughs> my outerwear. So I figured, you know what, for, for yet another appearance on the great show, I'd rock it for you. You think it's just me? It's 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 like a legion of people that are interested in that fleece. I mean, that fleece belongs in Minnesota. Maybe we'll both be there someday. Yes, I can, and yes, and Bob Canobio too. We got to push for get Bob into the Hall of Fame. All right, let's uh, talk some boxing. It's been a weird. Last week was weird, uh, but things are looking different on the upcoming schedule. But let's get let's get a little trailer action. Wait a second, Dan. Before we get into trailer, I got to uh, get my mind right. I got to get mine right, too. I got my Tito's uh, here. I got to pour a drink because that's ah. that's like what we have to do now, right? To talk boxing, we got to get I like, guess. freaked I mean, up. That was, that was a little unusual. Let's put it like that. Yeah, let's talk Triller. Uh, let's get into it. Um, last weekend, we saw Jake Paul knock out Ben Askren. I'm not going to ask you if it was a dive. I'm not going to ask you to break down the fight. What I want to know is what's it going to look like going forward? I'll start with the first question. Are legitimate promoters like PBC, who has a, a piece of Regis Progray, are they going to allow their fighters to, in your opinion, to fight on Triller cards moving forward based on what we saw on Saturday night? Well, I mean, first of all, Progress is not with PBC at the moment. He did a one-fight agreement. He was negotiating a multi-fight agreement uh, after that fight that he had, and they didn't make a deal. This was a good offer. Uh, you know, his management team decided to take this one, and now he's free again, and I presume that he'll go back and have – uh, conversations with PBC, perhaps with uh, top rank. I mean, it's going to depend on which weight class he wants to fight, but those are the two most obvious places for him. But as far as your question about will a promoter allow their guys to go on that platform, you know, honestly, you know, you've been around boxing a long time. Uh, it's going to be about the money. And if Triller is going to pay, you know, large sums of money to bring, uh, you know, don't care for the presentation, um, at the end of the day, does the check clear? And that's really what matters. Yeah, exactly. If the, the cash money talks, right? Because uh, you look on one side of things, you can say, oh, I might not want my fighter, uh, you know, part of something where the commentary is kind of laughing over it. There's a lot of weed smoke, they're drinking, it's kind of a party. Then you look on the flip side of things, Regis Program made 850k uh, for this fight. So it's going to be interesting to see if the promoters because uh, want this type of exposure because it is good exposure too. We don't know the actual number of pay-per-view buys it did. There's numbers being floated around anywhere as high as 1.5. Even if it does under a million, it's still probably more than Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder was. So there's clearly some exposure there. It's going to be interesting to see how promoters, if they're going to give their guys away uh, uh, to these types of, of shows. Next thing, question about what we saw uh, on this uh, this trailer stuff is, 
is what's next. You know, Teofimo Lopez is fighting George Camposos on June 5th. This is a fight for all the titles or all the belts at 135 pounds. Is it going to look like it looked on Saturday? How, how do you think they're going to treat that type of telecast going forward? Look, they, they obviously have a certain way they want to do things. You know, my, my uh, um, opinion about that and respectfully would say to the folks that are in charge, you want to have the party on a, on a novelty kind of main event, you know, okay, it's a different kind of crowd, but there's going to be a lot more of the diehard boxing fans that are also going to tune in to the Cambosis uh, challenge against Lopez besides uh, the, the non-traditional boxing fan that probably purchased the pay-per-view both for the novelty of the fight that was in the main event, as well as for the music acts that, that played before them. Uh, in terms of the Lopez fight against Cambosis, I would just hope that they would just tone it down some, you know, be more respectful to the fight. This is a real legit championship fight, not a sideshow. I felt like the commentary was extremely disrespectful. Uh, they were laughing while uh, a serious fight is happening. You may not care for, you know, Steve Cunningham against Frank Mir, but they're professional athletes and they're giving their best. I mean, at least have some respect for that when you're calling the bout. And in terms of the main event between Lopez and Cambosis, you know, I don't need to see guys smoking dope, drinking, cursing um, during a serious boxing match. I just feel like that is not the appropriate place to do it. I mean, you know, and, and if anybody's going to do it, let Snoop do it. That's his thing. Exactly. But I don't need to see, you know, with all due respect to my good friend, Ray Flores and to the legendary uh, Al Bernstein and then others, uh, it just seemed like it was out of place. It, it was too forced. It was, yes. it was not who they are. Right. Um, if you want people to be like that, get commentators who, where that's what they do. But that's not that's not the real Ray Flores or Al Bernstein and and uh, you know Snoop. Fine, and it's his show, so you know yes. go with it. But it, it is, uh, it is. And, it and, and today we're 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 filming, we're recording this on four twenty. So uh, the weed smoke is in the air. I'm sure Mr. Bob Aram is has partaken already. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It, it's I think they're gonna make some tweaks. I don't think it's gonna go any, anywhere going away anytime soon because of the pay per view success that it was on. But I think they'll make some tweaks. You know, they got, you know, Peter Kahn running the show over there. It's, you know, he represents uh, George Cambosos as well. I would be shocked if the upcoming show looks like uh, the June 5th show looks like it was on that last one. But, man, uh, it, it was a, a scene over there. Uh, you know, there's a lot of questions about what spawned this or or I'm seeing things written in, uh, by some of our colleagues about the reason Jake Paul exists today because of the ailments of boxing. I'm not 100 percent sure. I uh, agree with that. Uh, what's your stance on that? I, I think there's some truth to that. I don't think it's the entire reason, but the, 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 the boxing fan, whether you're a hardcore diehard like we are, or somebody that may just want to buy a, you know, a big pay-per-view, you know, two, three times a year, that type of, uh, that type of uh, fan that maybe follows other sports more closely, but when the right fight is out there, you know, you're like, okay, I'm going to buy that, whether you do it by yourself or you get together with a couple of friends, mm -hmm. um, that's a little more complicated now due to the pandemic. Fair enough. Um, but boxing is just simply not delivering the biggest fights on a regular basis. And, and it's sad when there's more fights that we want to see that aren't being made than the fights that are being made. And that's not to say, by the way, that the fights that are being made are all terrible or, or, or things that are not interesting. Um, it's just, there's not enough of them. I mean, for example, I cannot wait for, um, uh, Jose Ramirez against Josh Taylor, undisputed fight, undisputed championship fight at, at junior welterweight free cable, you know, you know, basic cable uh, television uh, available for anybody if they have ESPN plus or ESPN. So that's a first class A plus fight. That's the kind of fight that should be heavily promoted. 
and, and put in front of the public because mm -hmm. it's it's one of the best fights you can make. Undefeated guys, two Olympians, you know, UK versus United States. It's all the titles. No, that's no doubt about it. No doubt. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the big one. That's the fight that that's the one that, you know, fans will gravitate towards. And we'll get we're going to talk about the, the upcoming May schedule, which is absolutely loaded. And if, you, if the trailer wasn't for you, then you're going to be able to wash it away with what's coming up uh, in May. But you know, they, they made their statement trailer and uh, we'll see what it's going to look like going forward quickly before we move on to Joshua and Fury. If you were a matchmaker, who would you prepare next for, for, for Jake Paul? <laughs> I mean, the, the, the status of his fame is he can pretty much fight anybody he wants. That's not a guy that's going to beat him as long as that other person has some kind of uh, catch to it, whether it's a, 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 an athlete in a different sport or you know, some other popular personality or whatever. I mean, look, matchmaking is paramount. I think that Jake Paul, uh, based on what I've seen and heard and read and people I've talked to, he, he, he trains hard. I mean, he, he really tries to give his best effort. You know, he doesn't have an amateur background, obviously, and it's his only, he's only got three professional fights as they were against guys that were not, uh, you know, legitimate boxers. Um, he's, you can't really tell. I mean, so matchmaking is the key. Uh, are they going to put him in with some other uh, washed up uh, MMA fighter or, you know, some kind of actor or, or singer? I mean, you know, who knows? I mean, there's everybody wants a piece of it because it brings in money, but uh, they'll be careful. They'll make the right fight for him, I believe. And, and, you know, hopefully, you know, for his sake, if he wants to be serious, uh, keep training hard. And at some point, hopefully we'll see him fight an actual professional boxer. Oh, wow. So far, he's fought an MMA guy, a basketball you know, another amateur guy who was and a on YouTube, YouTube guy and a, and, a, uh, and, a, and, a, and a retired basketball player. Yeah. So I, I want to see him fight Tommy, uh, Tommy Fury, the brother of Tyson Fury. I, I want to see that. Uh, I, hopefully it's next. It's kind of crazy that they're like we're even marinating celebrity fights now, which is absurd. Let's move on. <laughs> on the other side of things, we're going to talk about uh, Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury and some of your great reporting that you've been doing so far. All right, Dan, let's talk about the heavyweight championship of the world. Undisputed, it's being slowly dragged out. The negotiations, I think they're negotiating over what color the ropes are going to be now. But you've done some great reporting uh, for Boxing Scene and your newsletter, Fight Freaks Unite. Uh, the latest is you talk to Bob and we potentially have a site. Uh, we potentially have some broadcast details, potentially have some dates. Can you uh, share with what some of your reporting? Sure. Uh Look, I mean, it's no secret that Saudi Arabia was always the leading contender to be the site. And if you remember last week, uh, Tyson Fury made a, a video that he posted on social media and Eddie Hearn, I think, did a couple of interviews uh, with some of the press uh, in the UK where uh, the two of them talked about these different different offers that were being made from places around the world. Tyson Fury specifically mentioned locations in Qatar, in Uzbekistan, Russia, the United States, the UK, uh, and of course, um, in the Middle East also. Uh, but it seems from what I've uh, reported uh, in talking to Bob Aram and, and, and Eddie Hearn has said the same to another reporter that the site is definitely going to be Saudi Arabia. Now, the, the folks that are, are going to pay the money, uh, it's up to them to determine exactly what the location is. Aram seemed to think it was likely going to be in Jeddah, which uh, those of us who follow boxing know that's where George Groves had the uh, super middleweight final in the World Boxing Super Series mm -hmm. when he lost the title to Callum Smith uh, in 2018. Um, Jeddah is a city on the on the coast, uh, right on the Red Sea, that is known to bring in a lot of uh, tourists and has has uh, you know nice beaches and all that kind of stuff. So it does bring in uh, you know a lot of the, the travelers from Europe. So that that seems like that would be the location. Apparently, there's a new uh, indoor stadium that's under construction or that has just been built there where they may have it. 
uh, not definite. And then the dates they're talking about are either the last two Saturdays in July or the first Saturday in August. Again, the folks that are paying the money, it's going to be up to them to make the determination on what particular date. Uh, so they're getting there right now. Um, you know, the two camps, the fighter camps are in agreement with the, with the, with the, uh, with the fight and, and, and the site deal that they're being offered. And right now the promoters are going through that site deal agreement and making sure everything adds up and the money is real and, and, and all those things. And I asked Bob a very important question because I've talked to Aram a thousand times over the years <laughs> when these wild exotic locations suddenly pop up to right. bid on a fight. And, and Bob's standard answer is, you know, I'm not packing my bags yet. So I asked him when I spoke to him the other day, I said, well, Bob, let me ask you this. On this uh, offer from uh, Saudi Arabia to host Fury versus Joshua, are you getting ready to pack your bags? <laughs> He's got a one word answer. He said, yes. Oh. So it seems like that's real. Now, as far as the television delivery, it will be ESPN plus pay-per-view in the United States. And Bob made a point to say that just like all of us have become accustomed to watching pay-per-view, uh, it's going to be the same. You either buy it on a regular uh, linear uh, TV on your in-demand, on your mm -hmm. direct TV, on your dish network, all this, all the standard traditional. So ways. no DAZN then. Uh, apparently not. I mean, it, it doesn't wow. seem like that. And I'm not surprised because DAZN's deal with Matchroom, the, the, you know, he, they have the deal with Eddie, but Joshua was always a separate sort of entity. Right. Um, and plus it's, it's sort of uh, clashing delivery vehicles because they don't, they do pay-per-view as an ancillary thing with like right. the Canelo fights recently. They did it with the Chocolatito fight, but that's really more of a way to charge and give, make it available. And and give like a coupon to get free months for DAZN. Mm -hmm. they, it's like a, they want people to subscribe. They don't really care about the pay-per-view. It's totally different with ESPN where that's the main driver of, of revenue uh, in the boxing space. So, you know, could they, could it pop up that somehow DAZN is involved, I suppose, but that was certainly not any indication that I have had. Um, in any event, that would be how, you know, people will watch it in America the same way as you watch a normal pay-per-view. The one big difference, yeah. of course, is that rather than a 9 p.m., Eastern start time, 6 p.m. Pacific. It'll be a little earlier in the day. Because That's not the, the worst difference. thing. That's not the worst it, thing. Fight no, fans, I agree with you. Yeah, fight fans have been have have responded well to these earlier starts. We're seeing them with the zone uh, when they have, uh, you know, when they're trying to accommodate to the UK crowds. Not the worst thing to see that. Fans just want to see this fight happen. Yeah, and, and, and the, go ahead, Dan. I was going to say, the interesting thing about what Bob was telling me is that in the UK, I guess they'll be able to buy it on whichever their choices. Yes. If you're a Sky Sports, which is the place where Joshua has been fighting and is exclusive in the UK. Mm -hmm. uh, they'll do their pay-per-view and BT Sport, which is the uh, outlet where Tyson Fury and the Frank Warren boxers have been fighting in the UK. Uh, they'll both offer it. And, you know, and that'll just, you know, bring in, you know, the, the fighters and the promoters, they'll share in, in the money from all the different revenue sources, right. be it BT, be it Sky, be it ESPN, be it every other um, place around the world. I think where DAZN may come into this, to be honest, is that, they may have rights in, you know, cause they're now in like 200 different markets mm -hmm. and they always have carve outs in their different fights. If you ever see their press releases, they'll say this fight is going to be in the zone in X number of territories minus X, Y, and right. Z. So they might have so it there. They may, may put out fury versus Joshua and just simply say, well, it's on the zone, not in the UK, mm -hmm. not in the U S you know, maybe whatever other territory, but if you live in Japan, let's say, or you live in Brazil or you live in some other country where the zone is available, you may be able to have that as part of your subscription in that country. Let me ask you then. Now, there's so much skepticism around this fight. You know, fan, you can't fool boxing fans. Something I've always said, and I'm sure you agree too. They they just don't believe it now because they've been kind of strung along. You know, Hearn saying one thing, Aram saying the other thing. You know, that they're they're talking about confirming details. It's just for some reason it just doesn't feel real yet. It doesn't feel like these talks are really going here. I'm not saying that that. Aram didn't say those things to you. I agree that he said them, but 
Where do you I have them it? on tape? <laughs> no, I agree. I uh, we all, we can agree with Hearn that Hearn and Aram are saying these things, but are there any legs to them? Like, do you think in your heart of hearts, does this fight happen this summer? Look, I've been down this road a million times. You know, I got 20 years plus of experience. I've covered lots and lots of big fights and big negotiations. Mm. Uh, this ain't my first rodeo, as they say. And you always get to a certain point in the negotiations for a fight. I don't care if it's Mayweather Pacquiao or it's Canelo versus whoever, or it's this fighter, it's that fighter, it's Joshua versus Fury, whatever the case may be. You get to a certain point where you're like, they're so far down the road. You get to a point where you, you believe it's going to happen. Can I guarantee you and say with 100% authority that it will happen this summer as opposed to in the early part of the fall? I can't say that because I just don't know. But, and I'm the biggest skeptic out there. I tell people all the time, do not, you know, get your hopes up about this or that, right. you know, when they sign, when it's done, when they announce it, when it's they like put Pacquiao and Ryan Garcia, perfect example. Yeah. You know, you want to write about that. You want to get excited. That's cool. But, but temper your excitement. Right. In, in the case of this fight between Fury and Joshua, I'm to the point where, you know, I, I'm pretty convinced it's going to happen. I, I believe that it will happen. Uh, I'm not like, I'm not on like the 10 alert yet necessarily. So I'm not a hundred percent convinced that it happens in that time frame in this summer. But I, I think it probably will, based on what both sides are saying. Um, and if it doesn't, I still think it happens. It just get pushed a little bit into the fall. Yeah. But uh, I, I do think we're to the point where this fight's happening. Okay, cool. On the other side of things, we're going to get into that May schedule. It's juicy. Showtime's going to be back with a bang. we got some pay-per-views. we got Canelo. Got a little bit of everything in May. Let's talk about it coming up next. All right, Dan, if the thriller world wasn't for you, your boxing fan, May is the month. This is a loaded schedule. We got Andy Ruiz going against Chris Ariola to kick off things on May 1st. Follow that up with Canelo Alvarez, BJ Saunders for three belts at 168. You got uh, Neary and Figueroa, which was just announced as part of an outstanding Showtime schedule. Uh, Jose Ramirez and Josh Taylor, the fight that you just brought up previously. Throw in uh, sprinkling Devin, Devin Haney going up against Jorge Linares, and not to mention all the chief support for all those fights. It's an absolutely loaded month. The f- one fight that you have to say is must watch would be what well i think anytime canelo alvarez is in the ring you have to watch him he's the number one fighter in boxing pound for pound he's the number one superstar in boxing uh he is in a significant fight against another title holder uh who presents i think in saunders a certainly a little bit of a different style than canelo has been fighting recently that if there was one guy that you think might give him some problems maybe billy joe saunders can give him some issues um so I think that, that, you know, you put the combination of all those things I just mentioned together, that's a must-see kind of fight. Uh, and the beautiful part about it, it doesn't cost you 80 bucks. I mean, it's, it's a, you know, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's part of your normal. If you, look, if you're a boxing fan, you're not subscribing to DAZN. I'm not sure if you're actually a boxing fan. So if you are subscribing to DAZN, you get it as part of your subscriptions, just like the same way you would get any other fight. So I think that's definitely uh, number one. But also, as we spoke about before, I, I don't think that, uh, you know, you get much better in the sport uh, then Jose Ramirez taking on Josh Taylor for the undisputed championship. Uh, you talk about their attributes. As I mentioned, undefeated fighters, UK versus US, two former Olympic fighters. Uh, both guys have two of the titles apiece. They both have appealing styles. I think it's just a great matchup. Where's I mean, the promotion for that, Dan? Uh, you know, at the moment, it doesn't exist, unfortunately. I'm hopeful that in the next couple of weeks, you know, certainly after the Canelo fight, you know, take those, those last two weeks and really really pump it up and, uh, and really get to it. The guys, I, I kind of understand it a little bit. You know, Jose Ramirez is not a household name, even though his fights are always great. Um, and Josh Taylor's never fought in the U S he's never, you know, he's got one high profile fight, outstanding fighter. These guys are, this is a can't miss fight. This is the type of fight you tell your friends 
and not feel embarrassed that, hey, watch ESPN uh, on that night because that's going to be a good fight. So I, I want to I would like to see more from ESPN. I know you, you would agree there. Let's talk about the Showtime schedule quickly before we say goodbye. Your overall grade for it. I mean, there are some juicy matchups on there. There's some not so great ones. But overall, I, I think it was pretty solid. Your grade for the Showtime rollout. Well, when they rolled it out, I wrote a piece for my newsletter, uh, the Fight Freaks Unite, where I, I graded each card. Obviously, several of them received, uh, you give a grade for the main event, but the overall card is incomplete because they announced nine shows, 13 fights, but they have several more bouts that will be added to those cards because they're all going to be triple headers, at least. The, the pay-per-view, of course, uh, with the Gervonta Davis um, against Barrios, that will be four fights on the card. So there's still room for it to improve, I, I think, because of what they'll add. But I thought overall, you know, given the, the fractured nature of the sport um, and, and, and what's been going on in the recent past, you know, I give them a tremendous amount of credit. I, I give it a solid B, I think, yeah. overall. Uh, because there's some very meaningful fights. Uh, the one that stands out, of course, is Charlo Castaño for the undisputed title at 154 pounds. But there's some other good ones. Um, you know, I've had this conversation with a couple people. Like, I like the Gervonta Davis fight against Mario Barrios. I think it's a good, interesting fight. It's not the fight that I think most boxing fans would have preferred for Gervonta. Mm -hmm. They'd like to see him fight one of the other uh, bigger names in the lightweight division before he made the move up to 140. Uh, but if you're going to make the move to 140, it's an interesting fight. Now, I'm told that this is not going to be for staying purposes, that he's going to just campaign at 140. The thought is that he'll go up, you know, take care of his business, win or lose. He'll be back at 135 pounds, hopefully that tangle with some of the big names. But I thought Showtime, look, you know, I had an interview with Steve Espinoza, and I'm writing a piece about uh, sort of how this all came together for boxing scene and, uh, you know, his thoughts about, about the, the difficulties of doing this. And, you know, as him and I joked around about it, you know, look, it's hard enough in those types of jobs to put together one fight, two fights, two cards. Exactly. This dude had a balance, nine shows. No, they're good at that, man. At the same time. And by the way, and as yeah. I said to him also, you know, he didn't want to comment on this aspect of it. You're doing it with Al Heyman, who is the absolute definition of the guy that likes to wait till the last minute to put stuff together. <laughs> well, yeah, just tonight, this FS1 card wasn't announced till, till last week, for, for exactly. goodness sake. But so, yeah, you got to give Showtime credit. And these rollouts are great. I, I said the same thing when it first came out, is fans want to have something to look forward to. Give us a schedule. Uh, the 122 guys, the fact there's a little quasi-tournament there, love that. Give fans something to look forward to. A big rollout there. You put together a bunch of nine fights. It kind of uh, blankets the fact that some of these fights aren't there's the, aren't the ones that fans want. But if you see a big stack, you know, nine-week lineup, fans are going to be all for it. Mr. Dan Rayfield, Fight Freaks Unite. Sign up for this newsletter. You get the schedule. You get great you know, insight uh, to Joshua and Fury from a guy that's been around for the last 20 years in the world of boxing and then some. That is a wrap for another edition of Inside Boxing Live. A special shout out to Mr. Dan Rayfield for not only coming on the show, but also rocking the legendary fleece for the entire interview. I mean it when I say that fleece belongs in the International Boxing Hall of Fame. Before we get into uh, the month of May, which is absolutely loaded, we just talked about it with Dan. Uh, next week, uh, two weeks from now, we're going to have Chris Ariola and Andy Ruiz in there over on Fox pay-per-view. But this weekend on ESPN, it's the only card in town. We're going to see Emmanuel Neverette, uh, another title defense going up against Christopher Diaz, who's rebuilt his career since that loss to Shakur Stevenson. But the chief support, that's where all the eyes are going to be on. Edgar Belanga is back in the ring, 16-0, 16 first-round knockouts, one of the hardest-hitting young fighters in the game, 168-pounder on the rise. I think he's the next big thing in boxing. And uh, he's taking on Damon Nicholson. Damon Nicholson's talking a lot of trash. He's saying that this fight's going to go past one round. And 
honestly, I hope it does go past one round. I think Berlanga wants the streak to end. I, I think he wants to get some real rounds because now it's gotten to the point where fans are now clamoring for him to fight someone for real. And that's a wrap for this edition of Inside Boxing Live. We always have you covered. We'll see you next week for another edition of Inside Boxing Live.